Therapy, bestiality, and a little old lady making tea. All these things and more in today's lovely and amazingly uplifting episode of Son of a Pitch with Michael Cuenca. That's me, Michael Cuenca, bringing you the frushness. So let's get started and you can figure out what exactly I mean by that intro. episode i was like oh next season it's gonna be lit it's gonna be all like interviews and shit and that's great but uh i think season one's still not finished yet season one this season the current season you my dear friends are tuned into it's just me being raw and finding my footing i'm using this basically as a test bed let's call it in the hacking community, it's a minimum viable product. In the life thing, this is, to be honest with you guys, this is, uh, this is a wonderful hobby that I love doing. Where I love sharing different approaches and ideas on things. The beginning, I was like, hey, maybe people want to learn about pitching. And then I realized, fuck, that's what they pay me for. I don't need to talk about work when I'm talking to you. Let's uh, pull up a couch Get comfy, put the tea kettle on if you're from the United Kingdom, or anywhere else. Tea is actually kind of nice to have, but um, maybe season one is just being real and honest and vulnerable and open and seeing where that leads us, seeing where people respond the most to it. And fuck it, you know, you only live once. I'm down, as long as I'm not hurting anyone's feelings, I'm down to experiment and see uh, see what works. You guys can always reach out to me. If not, you can share that delicious podcast button somewhere. There should be a button somewhere around here that says, share this podcast. Just spread the love. If you love it, spread the love. If you hate it, tell me why. Don't tell other people why. Well, you can tell other people why. That's pretty honest, actually. But tell me too. And um, yeah, let's just uh, let's have a nice conversation. Let's uh, let's get digging into what's really going down. Um, I was reminded recently that of uh, of a little story back in the day, and I wanted to wanted to jump on the mic tell you peoples about it so here it is um <laughs> fuck it's weird as fuck okay so um i'm a firm believer that people should go to therapy because let's face it at the end of the day if you're not if you're not real with yourself if you're not if you don't recognize that there is, in order to be the better version of yourself, you need to push and stretch your own boundaries. And sometimes in that process, you run into pretty difficult hurdles. You run into pretty pretty big challenges in getting to be the better version of yourself that you aspire to be. And uh, 
So over time, I had been looking around for therapists. Gone to a bunch in the Netherlands where I stay. They have insurance therapists that are always interesting. Um, They're basically therapists that fit within your insurance policy. Me being the cheap ass that I am, I was like, fuck it, let's give this a shot. It's, I mean, it's not like it's anything serious other than my mental health that's on the line here. So I went to uh, went to a couple, though. And uh, first one was like totally useless. And I was like, oh, not even not even worth my time. I went there and it was ridiculous. The second one I went to. Now, this lady was hilarious. She was like, she came up right to my uh, my chin. She's the tiniest, hilarious little lady. It was super sweet. She held her therapy sessions in a side room in what I would imagine is her apartment. Was it definitely was not an office space, which already should have been a an interesting warning sign to me in retrospect. Anyhow, so, and she was on the other side of the fucking city, so I had to bike my ass off. And, like, I know Amsterdam is huge. It's not crazy. It's probably, like, a 10, 15-minute bike ride and everything, but something, it rains a lot, and I don't like getting wet because I'm fucking princess. Anyways, um, so I started seeing this therapist. Let's call her... Claire. I started seeing Claire. Claire was an interesting lady. She she started pretty basic. She was like, yo, you fill out this uh fill out this form where she gave a whole baseline of things. Do you feel this? Do you feel that? What's the matter? This and that. Yeah, yeah. Basically I had to fill shit out. Which already was off to a terrible start. Her advice at the beginning was pretty standard. It was more like, uh-huh, I hear, I understand. Uh, it was, uh, for the couple of sessions, it was pretty substandard. It was just like, just a couple of mirroring, and then I got the chance to vent and dump and then go home, as if this was a way to resolve it. Shortcut to now, it wasn't, it isn't. Back to then. Um, so, Claire would try sometimes to look at her notes but she didn't always succeed I think she got a little bit out there you know and that's kind of what I liked is it was like maybe she was some fucked up hippie from back in the day that just decided yo I'm gonna be a therapist now I'm gonna help people it's gonna be awesome people helping and talking and shit and she does some pretty cool work she does um she, one of the things that she she's uh, apparently good at was she works with through trauma victims, uh, especially through uh, play, which was an interesting thing. I kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about that. But so when you walk into Claire's office, you see a like the whole one, almost like half of one wall. <coughs> this is like a four meter by three meter kind of room. It's not terribly big, but it's it's big enough. Maybe even smaller. You see this huge like a wall, a shelving of figurines, different characters, different backgrounds. You had like, I think there was even like a gollywog there. There was He-Man. There was, uh, there was all kinds of like wizards and houses and 
There were like sea gods, Neptunes, and like jumping dolphins, and bears, and tigers, and lions. Oh my. Um, all kinds of shit. There's just all, it was just fucking crazy. Just so much. And you walk in there, and that, but that already, that first impression is kind of like, oh, this light is fucking crazy. And she kind of was, but it was like, maybe this is my kind of crazy. I'm like, maybe I need a crazy therapist to undo my crazy. So I was like, maybe two crazies, like magnets and shit, will even it out. I don't think that worked, but she was still crazy. So it was kind of fun. It's almost fucking entertainment. And to be honest with you, I needed to get out and I needed to talk to someone. Being an expat isn't always easy. You kind of have to reach out. And sometimes when... And you're still forming friendships and you're still connecting with new people. It's You never know when you can be this vulnerable, be super open to them. And some, I mean, in retrospect now, you can always be vulnerable. You can always be yourself to people. Because if they don't fucking like that, then fuck them. So it's you. And you, this is your experience. Anyways, I'm not going to go lecturing. Point is, Claire, wall of craziness. Hilarious. Part of the process when I would go to a therapy session with Claire is I'd buzz in, take a really sketchy elevator up to her apartment. She'd greet me by the door. I'd take my boots off. There's casual chit-chat. How you doing? How's your day? Uh, rain is terrible outside. Oh, I hadn't noticed. First question, would you like tea or water? I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to have a tea or I have a water. You know, it's, it's just a, that's those were the selections. And so once you're done with the whole do you want tea or water kind of fiasco, Claire would go off, make herself a tea, and then bring back whatever it is I might have asked for. I mean, one time she even came back with like a a bone from a steer because she was making stew or something. She's like, you give this to your dog. And I'm like, that's a weird gift for a therapist to give a... Like, do you, does your dog like bones? And I'm like, I don't know. Give this bone to your dog. I'm like, okay. Just kind of, anyways. Anyways, crazy, the plus minus, you know, equaling crazy, countering out kind of situation, notwithstanding. So, over time, however, I've, I went to Claire for quite some time, weeks, actually, just working on things. It was a weekly thing. I had some shit I needed to work on. I'm still working on it. Everyone's still working on it, you know, but, like, I'm still working on my stuff. And so... One time, I'm sitting there in the in the session, and of course, you know, the more she got to know me, the more tailored and personalized it became. There were less forms involved, and even when I did fill them out, she didn't fucking read them anyways. Um, she started, I think she just felt like she wasn't really getting through, so she had to try a different tactic. And I don't know, I don't think, I think this was the moment, there was the moment that I realized that this therapist wasn't right for me was when she started veering off into a different style, one that used religion as a means to to heal traumas. And first off, to each their own. You know, for some people that is something that will help that belief in a religious doctrine or a higher power or whatnot that gives people solace and that solace that, that takes away some stress it allows them to feel 
good about themselves. Unfortunately, being the red pill kind of taking motherfucker that I am, um, and having studied philosophy quite extensively in university, I'm kind of stoic by nature, or at least I pretend to be. Um, things like rationalization, like numbers, data, or, you know, some very hard-hitting mirroring. Something that I really respond well to. Someone smacking me in the face saying, no, you're wrong. This is why. This is why the new perspective, this is the other option that I think is better. And this is why that's the better option. If you don't like it, fuck off. You do like it. Congratulations. You made a smart move. But being stoic by nature, being detached and measured in decisions, which ironically doesn't always happen. I'm quite emotional by nature. I'm quite empathetic by nature. And so this is why I say I portend to be stoic. I, I try to want to be like that. That's where I'm working towards, to be more measured and, and controlled in expressing myself and, and being myself in a way that is more understanding of context, is more aware of the situation, uh, and more flexible. So I can understand when I need to be emotional, when I need to tap into that empathy, or when I need to be more rigorous. So when you come to me with religious dogma, not that I don't appreciate it, not that I don't understand it, I just don't, it just doesn't click with me. I just don't work well with it. Especially as a um, therapy tool. I work well with it in other spaces and other contexts. I can understand the tranquility of meditation and you know prayer and being alone with yourself and your relationship with the world. I can respect that. I can respect people that devote their lives to that. But when you come at me in therapy, you're supposed to try to be helping me. And part of that process involves listening, empathizing with what I'm about. And when I felt like little old Claire, as lovely as she was, wasn't really able to meet that. And there were other conversations within, like she would close sessions and she would tell me about the problems she's having with the insurance companies and how she's not getting paid and I have to do all kinds of things and this and that, whatever. It was, it was a, she's bringing shit in that just wasn't, it was more like the, those are her problems that she was dumping on me. Um, after I just finished a really intense session about talking about uh, things I experienced growing up and relationships that messed me up profoundly and trying to work on myself. It's just the wrong person, I think. But anyways, I uh, I took out my good old friend, my dearest, most favoritest form of aggression, passive aggression, on uh, dear old Claire. And so that, the next couple of sessions, uh, when Claire came to me at the beginning and was like, would you like some tea or water? Started asking for more tea. Why, Michael, you seem to be really liking the tea I was serving. I'm like, yes, Claire, it's delightful. Thank you. This tea is amazing. It was a piece of shit. It was the worst tea fucking ever. Pickwick or whatever shit. Just like terrible, like drinking anus. But, you know, he did it anyways. So I sat down and it was just me in the room. No one else. And like me and maybe 50,000 different figurines on the wall. 
So I started moving some of these figurines around and putting people in interesting positions and uh, messing around with. And my most favorite, my the the best figurine posture that I posture the figurine placement that I did was uh, she goes off, Claire goes off, book makes a tea, and I turn to the shelf. And there I see on the corner, Neptune, god of the sea, just like rising out of this huge giant white crest of a wave with its trident and long flowy beard and thrusting pelvic regions. I was like, this has got to be strategically placed somewhere. And then I basically created over the course of three or four therapy sessions an entire romantic experience between Lord Triton Trident oh no it was Trident yeah it was the guy from fucking Little Mermaid and various characters like little hobbits and gnomes and Trident like Trident or whatever what was his fucking name <laughs> Triton. <laughs> Fucking Triton was just going nuts. Triton, he was just like whoring himself out throughout the entire bookshelf. And it ends, one of the last, ep last episodes, the last sessions I had with this woman, with like him stooping a dolphin soaring over a rainbow. And it was the most glorious thing. And I, I picked all the people all around and just made it look all the little figurines, and I completely redid the scene. And they were all like in awe of this water god doing his deed, going fucking full Epstein on this fucking dolphin. And uh, poor old Claire. Lovely, sweet, old, ignorant Claire. Didn't notice. Had no fucking clue. And that, that was my confirmation. That was my, you know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And so this, this is interesting for, at least for me, for three different reasons. First, Claire didn't really take time to read the signs that I was giving her. She wasn't empathetic. That should have been my first heads up. Second, she didn't pay attention to her own surroundings. She had absolutely zero situational awareness. And it's not just the surroundings, but body language, posture, what if, whether I fiddle with my, my fingers or if I have a tell or those kind of situations. Reading the th subtext of situations and of people, that for me was challenging. And third... She didn't have much control of the process and used tools like forms and templates and books and frameworks and methods and dogma. She was inflexible. She used these things as, as an attempt for her to regain control over the training, the therapy, the coaching, me, the people she, she's working with. Why, why did this piss me off? Why did I feel so annoyed by her? Why did I feel like I should go all passive-aggressive? 
Well, I, the last answer, I'll answer first because, fuck, man, the therapy did not fucking work. I did not have a way to channel my emotions constructively. Instead, I passive-aggressively messed up with that instead of actually said to her, listen, I don't think this is right. It took me sessions before I actually admitted that. And, you know, I'm glad I eventually did. And so, ultimately... I think at its core, this also, even though it didn't work, quote-unquote, work as a therapy, it probably did had some kind of value to the way I see and value others. And in particular, how we interact and interpret the world around us. Let me just go into this for 30 seconds. That's just, it's my own proclivities because I love this shit but if you think about it not being empathetic not being able to read the situation and especially being inflexible those are some major pet peeves and some really great talents if you're empathetic if you're aware and you can process things that are happening around you and if you're flexible to change to new information and adapt those premises are the hallmark of what makes me an entrepreneur. I think what makes a lot of entrepreneurs quite successful. Being empathetic lets you be a great leader. Being able to read the situation makes you an amazing negotiator, makes you an amazing supporter. Being flexible, understanding that you can adapt based on new information, that you should do that in a way that recognizes and values hard data, hard information to, to shape how you make decisions and what decisions you ultimately make. These are brilliant traits of leadership and entrepreneurship that maybe in my path to dolphin fuckeries and appropriate therapies, Maybe that was my lesson. Maybe that's what I need to take out of this. Look at that, ladies and gents. Fucking revelations right here on Son of a Pitch. I did not expect that. It's having a good old-fashioned Dr. Phil moment right here. Shit. It's like, look under your seats, folks. Yep. Absolutely nothing. Because I'm not Oprah. Anyhow. Deep down, this is, this is a message about mental health. This is a message about the importance of, you know, being vulnerable, taking care of yourself, being real with what you're going through. If not for others, then for yourself. I think that's the big message here about the importance and necessity for mental health. It's also part of that process. This has been another exciting episode of Son of a Pitch, keeping you on the edge of your seats since 1982. That's right. I'm Michael Kowenka saying thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share the shit out of it. If you didn't like this podcast, tell me. If you did, tell every motherfucker you know. And until next time, stay classy, 
stay sassy, stay hydrated, and give zero fucks what other people think. This has been Son of a Pitch with Michael Cuenca. I'm Michael Cuenca, and I'll see you next time. Peace!